Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's bigger than the rivalry. Why BYU-Utah 2017 extends way beyond bragging rights. A season-defining week for the Cougars. Former quarterback Max Hall chimes in on what a win over Utah would mean to the Cougars. Plus radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, on the identity of this BYU football team right now. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, September 6th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who loves the sound of popping knuckles. Jason Shepard. All right, here's the deal. Popping knuckles is one thing. I can deal with the sound of popping knuckles. Okay. What I cannot deal with, you know the scene in Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey's character, Lloyd Christmas, says, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world and then screams? Yes. Uh, By the way, I paid to see Dumb and Dumber four times in the theater twice in one day. Wow. Don't judge. That says a lot about Jason (laughs) Shepard. Keep going. No, but in our production meeting this morning, our producer, Ben Bagley, Made this sound by like rolling his arm bone on the desk. <laughs> it made this like crunching sound. I, I almost had to run out of the room. The sound was so horrible. I cannot get it out of my head. It has ruined Jason Shepard for the rest of the show. Bone crunching Ben it was, Bagley. It was horrible. Oh, it's horrible. You gonna be okay? I don't even know how he could do that. I'm not sure how he got your muscle milk down without uh, hurling it up. <laughs> Contains no milk. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> we're, we're now <laughs> hear, hearing the bones crunch in our ears. Oh. Stuff like that doesn't bother me, oh. but it's hilarious that it bothers you because oh. I like I like to see you Storm? fidget, yeah, and feel uncomfortable. It's just it's what we do. Uh, by the way. I've been noticing on Twitter this week a long list of superstitious things that BYU fans are coming up with to help break the streak against Utah. For one, I saw a guy tweet a picture of himself wearing Utah gear and said, this is the second day I've done this as a reverse curse. Also, we've got a family in California that painted the stretch Y on their lawn, captioning, it's been six years since I've done this. The losing streak has got to end. I did. I actually saw that one. Well done. What does Max Hall think about all of this? He was the last quarterback to beat Utah. Does he believe in curses? He will join us in 30 minutes. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it's listen, it's Max Hall. He has a winning record against Utah, by the way. That is correct. We know he'll bring his A game. <laughs> Please. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Maybe you've heard, because we've mentioned it 7,158 times this week. BYU football faces rival Utah this weekend, hoping to end the aforementioned six-game losing streak. Ty Detmer, what say ye? I think having Utah right after that helps because now it's a, you know, it energizes things around here with the rivalry and all those things. That's the thing. BYU Loses 27-0 to LSU. Shut out for just the third time since 1975. Everybody is, oh, just defeated, right? From coaches to players to everyone through the fan base administration, defeated. But it's Utah week. 
So that feeling has to go away because immediately you're like, oh, wait, it's, it's rivalry week, so let's go. Yeah, anytime after I – mean, we always hear players and coaches, it's on to the next one, regardless of what happened, on to the next one. Especially in a situation oh, like this one, it is most definitely on to the next 100% one. 100% validated yeah. to feel that way because yeah. of who BYU is playing and what has transpired in the last six matchups. Anyway, BYU-Utah, they're ready to go. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, after speaking with Ty Detmer on multiple occasions this week, that he has some new stuff for the Utes. You watch out. They are hungry. Mm. They are very hungry. As a matter of fact, I asked Matt. They're hungry. How hungry are you guys? Very hungry. He said, I'll just leave it at that. We're very hungry. (laughs) Like, if you were to compare it to a dish, Matt, uh, how much could you say? No. No. They just want to win, okay? Obviously. Running back Riley Burt has been moved to the defensive side of the football. The sophomore will now play cornerback, and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki says that Burt is a better fit on his side of the coordinating. Mm. We actually moved him to corner, and so we're just going to try him there first, and then, you know, the natural progression from there to safety to back or to DN, you know, whatever, wherever it is, but... We want to try him at corner first. He's fast enough, you know, um, just test his hips and see where he is. From safety to backer to defensive end, they are trying to find the place where Riley Burt will be the most effective on this BYU football team. Now, a lot of people were like, how come he's not playing? The running backs are not getting it done. Why not throw him in? They clearly have other plans for him, and that was announced yesterday. Well, and, and like uh, you know, Coach Tuiaki said, they want to take advantage of his speed. And if he can do that as a corner, I'd love to see it. The NFL season kicks off in a big way for BYU fans tomorrow. Andy Reid, have you heard of him, Jason? I've heard of him. We have a picture together. And Don't need to get into it. Daniel Sorensen's Kansas City Chiefs head to Foxborough to face Kyle Van Noy, Harvey Longy, and the New England Patriots. First game. Four different BYU ties right there. First game of the NFL season. It is here. How are your Bengals going to do, by the way? Oh, man. Probably better than your Chiefs will do in Foxborough. It'll <laughs> be the only blemish on our Super Bowl winning season. That's okay? a loss. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Women's volleyball. Let's talk about this. Women's okay. volleyball is in Hawaii. How about that? Preparing for the Outrigger Resorts Volleyball Challenge. They will play three matches, the first of which is tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. They've earned it. They're 6-0. and They're ranked number 10 in the country. They had one hitting error in a match last week. One. I saw, Not in a set, an entire match. I saw a video that uh, the BYU Women's Volleyball uh, Twitter account tweeted out, and it was uh, the coaches playing with a, uh, a drone. Okay. On the beach. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> they were having fun with a drone on the oh beach. Oh, boy. It looked fun. <laughs> I've never been to Hawaii. Have no. you ever been? No. Let's go. BYU right plays go. in Hawaii in November. <laughs> Calling the, the brethren on the third floor of BYU Broadcasting. Here we go, please. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bigger than the rivalry. BYU-Utah. History, competing fan base, vitriol, and social media has only made that a million times worse or better, depending on how you look at it. Worse. (laughs) Big brother, little brother, power five, independent, six in a row, it's one-sided, superior talent, inferior talent. I get it. You're tired of hearing about all of it. 
BYU as an entire collective entity is tired of losing to Utah in football. But this season and this game are bigger than all of that nonsense within the rivalry. Which brings us to our Twitter question. What is the most important reason BYU needs to win this week against Utah? First tweet coming in from at Nick Evans 224. For their confidence before going into Wisconsin. Also because my heart can't take another loss. Certainly, we are not overlooking the sanity that BYU will gain with a win over Utah. But it's bigger than just Utah. And Nick even alluded to that going into Wisconsin. Jason, I feel like this game is a season-defining game for the Cougars. And listen, Nick, and the rest of BYU Sports Nation, Kalani Sitake hears you. I feel really comfortable and just honored to be part of this, this uh, rivalry and uh, the role that I have in it as a head coach now at BYU. And I think that uh, the, the players don't really need to be reminded of it because it happens naturally. But I think that they need to understand. And our players are really, really in tune with our, with our fans. And they need to understand what our fans' demands are and what their expectations are. So hopefully we can meet them. Nobody knows better than Kalani Satake how much a win over Utah will mean to BYU and the BYU fan base. Do you think he's heard from fans about this? I My head spins at the emails and commentary that he gets because of the current streak that's in play. This is what most fans want to talk to the players and coaches about this week. It's, is this going to be the year that the streak ends? And as he said, people are, the, the players hear what's important to the fans. They know. You don't have to wonder if they know how big this game They do. We've had several conversations on this show about, look, BYU-Utah, while it is a big deal within the BYU-Utah realm, nationally there are bigger things at play. Along those lines, because of where this game falls and BYU trying to be ranked and relevant as an independent. Jason, I think this is a must win. So Utah directly ties in to that whole idea of BYU being noticed by the nation with a national ranking, which they have not had or finished the season with since 2009 in the AP poll. Ironically, the last year that BYU beat Utah. If BYU beats Utah, I think they will have a winning record in September, and I think they then have a legitimate shot at winning 10 football games this season because of the confidence that they will take from winning a game the week after they were, frankly, disappointed and embarrassed at the hands of LSU. From a psychological standpoint, BYU needs this. For a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, coming off last week's loss to LSU, the coaches discussing how things have to change. Everybody asking what's going on. A win would be huge and for this team to move forward. I also, and you touched on this, in terms of a winning record, I also believe that winning this weekend, it allows BYU to avoid being 500 at any point this year. That's a big deal. To, always, to at least be 500 or better the entire season, that's a, that's a big deal. It, it keeps the 10-win season possible, and above all else, it gives this team the confidence that it needs. Look, the byproduct of playing well 
and beating Utah, I mean, is the confidence that it builds. And trust me, that byproduct is a glorious, glorious byproduct in beating Utah, okay? (laughs) And snapping that streak. But this team needs something positive to build off of right now. Especially with how the game played out last week. Confidence is a, is a lot shaken. Not just a little. It's a lot shaken. Well, and, and every question that, that the players and coaches have been asked have been along those lines. So even though they want to move on, they're constantly being asked, well, what's wrong? Like, that has to mess with your mind to a certain extent. You know what I mean? It's a very real thing. The psychological battle that goes on in the own minds of football players and coaches. BYU football will give themselves a fighting chance mentally at another top 10 foe when Wisconsin comes to Provo. Just just step outside the box for a minute. I am the resident optimist in Studio B compared to Jerem Jordan. We all know it. But even I, if BYU were to, heaven forbid, lose a seventh game in a row against Utah, I find it hard to believe that they can turn around after LSU and Utah and all of a sudden take down a top-10 team in Wisconsin. But if they beat Utah, they are energized, the fan base is energized, and there's just that feeling of, hey, just maybe we can beat the Badgers. I know the coaches and players will line up and try and win every game. But it, you can't tell me that doesn't factor into it if BYU's coming off of a win over their rival, given everything that has happened. Don't you think, to a certain extent, a loss on Saturday confirms the concerns and a win eliminates them? To a certain extent. Who cares about LSU if BYU beats Utah? That's what I mean. It, like, it eliminates them completely. It wipes it away. I understand the deck is stacked against BYU, and our stat of the day won't necessarily help you feel better about Saturday night. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In six-plus seasons as an independent, when BYU is coming off a loss and their next opponent is a P5 opponent, in those games, the Cougars are 0-5. You may be thinking... Okay, let's make the connection now. Wait, BYU just lost, and yep, they play a Power 5 opponent next. Oh, was Utah Power 5? Oh, you didn't know? I hadn't heard that. Oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? It doesn't matter. All of that goes away. Break all of the streaks on Saturday night. Who cares? This has nothing to do with the past. Now it's time to change the fortune on more than just one account. Which now cycles us back to our Twitter question. What is the most important reason BYU needs to win this week against Utah to the Twitter machine? It's Twitter time. At LaserSheep with this tweet. It holds great importance for this season. Agreed. But far greater importance for the program to break the losing streak. (laughs) Must win versus Utah. I get it. I get it. You, You can't stand losing to Utah anymore. But it's bigger than just the rivalry this week for the for the overall success of BYU this season. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, the last man to quarterback a BYU team that beat Utah. Does he believe in curses? Talking about Max Hall. Ah, uh, yeah. And next, the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel, back in Studio B for more musings of a Canuck. And what is the identity of this BYU football team after two games? 
Who better to ask? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. The conversation is bumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. The hashtag BYUSN is how you can connect with us whenever and however you feel like it. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel on BYU Radio. Joining Greg tonight, John Beck, Mike Littlewood, and Brian Logan. Tune in, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU Radio. A trifecta of awesomeness. Our Twitter question today, what is the most important reason BYU needs to win this week against Utah? At YFangirl underscore JB. Tweets in, forget the fans, the team needs this win. After a start like this, they need the confidence boost. And that plays into the whole idea that I have had all week long is this is a season-defining game and week because of that confidence boost, because of what happens next, and the first seven games overall. And I love that you touched on, hey, if BYU beats Utah, there's a, there's a great chance they will not drop below 500 all season. Yeah. That I think that's in. I think that's important from a psychological standpoint to be able to have that all season long. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, fresh off a fantastic episode of BYU football with head coach Kalani Satake. Greg, nice to have you back in Studio B. Good to be back. A great show last night. A lot of energy in the crowd. Good vibe. Kalani's great as always. Matt Hadley was a tremendous guest. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really uh, it's reinvigorating to come back in after a rough weekend, right? But yet the energy is there. The, the fans are there. Everyone's fired up, ready to go for, uh, for Utah week. So it was a fun night last night. Uh, kudos again to our show producer, Jerem Jordan, for putting together a, a great look and a great feel for the show. And, uh, yeah, Rob and running here three shows in and uh, rolling fantastic it, it almost feels advantageous that utah is on the schedule after what happened to byu against lsu yeah what a great chance to uh, to show your bounce back ability right uh, you're facing early adversity we really find out a lot about this team right away in week three and what a great springboard it could be we'll talk about it in a bit uh, as, as to what the biggest benefit might be of a win uh, this Saturday, but it really does, again, give you that early chance to kind of assess uh, the resolve and character of this group. Playing off that then, what is the identity of this team after two games? TBD, to be determined. Uh, <laughs> Kalani told us post-game, he wished he knew, he wished he really knew, particularly offensively, what our identity is. He said, we don't have one yet. And that's really uh, the question that needs answering is this week and in weeks beyond, what becomes the identity, particularly on offense of this team? We think we have a good sense for what BYU is defensively. Offensively, we just haven't seen it yet. And so it is definitely a TBD right now. Well, in that TBD uh, frame of mind, what's the most perplexing aspect of this team that you've noticed statistically through the first two games of the season? A couple of things, but one of them that really jumps out is the inability to get things going on the ground. Uh, and it re- relates directly to down and distance. BYU has had one third, and, uh, one third and two and zero third and ones in the first two games. Okay, so let, let's think about this. They've had, they've had really one kind of gimme third down where you think you can run it and get it. And by the way, they, did, they ran it and didn't get it. They had a third and two, ran for one yard. Okay, So this BYU team has not converted a third down via the rush yet this year. Wow. Last year, 
BYU converted more rushing third down, more rushing third downs than passing third downs. This year, they only have six third down conversions. They're all through the air. Last year, about 20% of BYU's third down attempts were third and one or third and two. Okay, this year that number is four percent, just the one in 23 opportunities. So they're not getting to third and short. So the most perplexing thing is that they're not giving themselves chances to run the ball for third downs and haven't really run it very well. Now, this is all kind of skewed by the fact that the second team you played was what I hope is going to be, and I think will be, an excellent defense in LSU. They were tremendous last year, had the looks of being tremendous this year. So again, you played only two games, and one is against a dominant SEC defense. So that really does kind of alter your perception a little bit. But the point is, BYU's third down average distance to gain in the first two games has been over eight yards Mm. both times. So if your average third down is eight plus, that means you're averaging only a couple of yards on first and second. And that has to change for BYU. Was LSU better than we thought they were going to be? Well, they they, they certainly proved that uh, inexperience can be mitigated by tremendous speed, size, and talent. Okay, there were a lot of new guys uh, seeing spots on that LSU defense this past week. They, they, they were playing without Arden Key and playing without suspended dudes, and they were playing with a lot of novelty. That novelty was really good novelty. Uh, and, and Dave Aranda, there's a reason he's a really highly paid defensive coordinator. And BYU knew all about him. I mean, he's got a, a, a resume and got a record that speaks for itself. They were among the best defenses in the country last year. And he's showing that uh, if you keep restocking with four- and five-star talent up and down your roster, you can work with those guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, they show just how good they can and I think will be this year. Where do you expect this offense to make its biggest leap this week? I hope it's at quarterback. And, and, and I, you know, Danny Etling outplayed Tanner Mangum last week. I thought BYU had the edge at QB, and Etling was the better quarterback last week. I, and it's, it's, Tanner's been okay, but I haven't really seen him settle into – uh, a rhythm of comfort yet. I want to see Tanner get on a roll where it looks like, like he's into that, um, into that groove. And I really haven't seen that yet. Uh, and that, that, that's what I expect and hope to see happens this week and in weeks beyond is Tanner really getting going uh, to where this thing, uh, you know, BYU didn't have any drives. And again, it's LSU. But BYU had no drives with multiple, third, with multiple first downs last week. Zero. So they moved the chains once, if that, and that was it. Okay, and so a, a lot of Tanner getting into a groove is BYU moving the sticks on consecutive series here down the field. And that really hasn't happened yet to a great degree. I, I thought the first week was a little hit and miss against Portland State. Again, penalties were as responsible as anything. Consider the fact, guys, that of BYU's 12 penalties, almost half have been 15-yarders. Oh. So this is when the penalties get really punitive. All right, you're really taking yourself off schedule with drive those. killers. So five of the twelve have been the major infractions. You got to reduce that, and that kind of contributed too to, to Tanner maybe not finding rhythm in week one. In week two, it was just the fact that LSU was just jamming things up. So I hope and expect that we see Tanner Mangum get more comfortable. The running back situation is one of the more intriguing storylines with this BYU football team right now because of injuries and replacing Jamal Williams and now Riley Burt being switched to the defensive side of the ball. What do you expect from the BYU running backs moving forward? Find a guy. Uh, Kalani speculated post-LSU that, uh, that, that the committee uh, approach may or may not be what BYU needs to stick with very much longer. Let's find some playmakers and give them the rock. And so whoever it is, let's find who it is rather quickly and, and start to lean on that guy and get him into a bit of a rhythm too. We've been talking about the fact that this game 
is so much bigger than just it being the rivalry game and beating Utah. How does the outcome of this game, in your opinion, set the tone for this team as it moves forward? There are two components to this. One is psychological. The other is practical. On the psychological standpoint, you've got to prove that you can still beat Utah. It's been six straight games. That's, and, and, and that's a thing. Kalani says you know, they won't talk about it, think about it, but the streak is a real thing. It's been a long time, and you want to reassert yourself in the rivalry. You, you, you need to have that um, as, as a confidence booster showing that you are still with. And, and to that point, BYU's not getting blown out every year. Okay, we all know that uh, you know most of these games go down to the wire. They're all touchdowns or less. Uh, Sixteen of the last nineteen games decided by seven points or fewer. That's a that that's a meaningful number. No one really runs away from the other team, except on rare occasions. Three in the last nineteen times, you get your fifty-four to ten, what have you. But for the most part, you still have to prove that you can finish this kind of game. So it's it's psychological as it relates to LSU too. Kalani says, we know that we're better than we showed last weekend. So it's these guys have to show to themselves that yeah, we're much better than LSU showed us to be. So there's that psychological component. We're not as bad as 27 nothing, and we can still hang and beat our rivals. That's, that's an important psych- psychological element. The other is practical. You, be, uh, you win the Utah game, and now you have a good shot to get out of September uh, above 500 and then hopefully get on a bit of a roll as you get, uh, you know, again, comfortable with the season progressing. So there's that practical standpoint to get yourself above water and kind of stay there for a while. So I think there are really two sides of it, but they're both equally important, and Utah gives you a tremendous opportunity to show that here on Saturday. I know it's only one game, but my goodness, one and two and two and one sound worlds different from each other going into the Wisconsin. Yeah, we're in the middle of this, uh, you know, back-to-back-to-back P5 swing here. And these are home games. You expect to win your home games and play well at home. And again, uh, should you get to 2-1, and one, Wisconsin gives you a great opportunity then uh, to beat a ranked team, uh, do it at home, not really establish a momentum. But we're talking baby steps here. You're coming off of what happened last Saturday. You've got to reassert yourself. But K- Kalani's really confident that, that there is more to, what, more to this BYU team than, that, than they showed last Saturday. He knows it. He believes it. He hopes to see it this Saturday. How has the atmosphere of the rivalry changed, in your opinion, since Coach Shitake took over as head coach? Well, we have only really one year to go off of, right? And I think most of it is kind of uh, the subtext as it relates to the two head coach coaches, their relationship, and maybe how that might uh, kind of trickle down to the fan bases. Uh, the two coaches like and respect each other, are fond of each other. There's connections between the two schools. And I think that uh, you know, might have a chilling effect uh, in a positive way relative to the, to, you know, to the two fan bases. Maybe dial back the animosity a little bit because the connection that exists here with these two guys didn't exist in the previous scenario. And so, again, it, it's a subtextual thing, only one year to go off of. But uh, I, I think it's an important component. Uh, you know, Kalani and Kyle, their relationship – uh, again, I think may have a trickle-down effect with, uh, with everything else surrounding it. But you still want to beat your rival, and, and that's never going to change. Uh, Kalani's going to coach his guts out, so too will Kyle. And, uh, you know, this is the one day where, you know, friendship is set aside. You just want to get, send the other guy home a loser. Yeah, that's yeah. The, to sum up what Kalani said last night, I love him, but I want to beat him. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. Okay, it's a rivalry week across the board. BYU women's soccer taking on Utah on Friday night. BYU football taking on Utah on Saturday Needless to say, both teams need a win. Against both teams rivals. coming off of shutout losses. <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities here this weekend. It's yeah. time. It's yeah. time. Okay, ready the Canadian National Anthem because it's time for Greg to dig a little bit deeper into his bag of tricks for a cool thing about Canada. Well, we all know that uh, BYU has uh, eight players currently on 53-man rosters in the NFL. And by the way, that's a great thing. 
Eight guys on the, uh, on the main roster in the NFL. A few more practice squad guys like Kainaku and Michael Davis. But that's, uh, that's a lot of players. That's good. Uh, let's not forget about the CFL, where at least two former Cougars are playing. Uh, Cody Hoffman in Ottawa. And more recently, Riker Matthews. Yeah, Riker. Riker Matthews with the Hamilton Tiger Cats made his first Tiger Cats start on Labor Day night. Tiger Cats got a win. And Hamilton has a connection to the BYU program that goes uh, back a few years and even further than that. So Riker Matthews there now. K.J. Hall, current BYU running back, is the son of Kalen Hall, who when he left BYU was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger Cats and got to play up in Canada. And Austin Colley, his dad played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and that's why Austin Collie was born in Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> is, a, so. is a tiger cat, like, is that a, a different animal than just a tiger? Have they just added cat to tiger? It's it's better than a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and better than a cat. <laughs> it's a tiger cat. That's exactly right. It's tiger hyphen cat. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a striped animal. But, uh, again, Canadian, uh, in fact, it's uh, native to Canada, actually. <laughs> very, very few, very few felines of, of, the fro- of, the, of the fierce variety are native to uh, the northern lands, but uh, the tiger cat is one. Tiger cat. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Greg Rebell. We're a funny league up there. You know, for a long time, we, 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 had, we had the Rough Riders one word and the Rough Riders two words, two, two of the teams with the same names in a nine-team league. And then we have Tiger-Cats, which are, again, more than Tigers and more than Cats. So there you go. Which Rough Riders did Steve Sarkeesian play for? Rough Riders one word. Oh, one word. Right. But then the Rough Riders two words <laughs> figured, since there are only nine teams and two of us the same name, let's change our name. So they went from the Rough Riders two words to the Red Blacks. Again, also weird. <laughs> so we just can't get around it. We're, we're, we're a funny country that way. Hey, yeah, they are it, the man. Ottawa Red Blacks. I Not the Reds, it. nor the Blacks, but the Red the Blacks. The Red Blacks. That's right. Greg, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for coming in. Okay, we'll see you next Wednesday. Energy is high, isn't Love it? it. Oh, Love it. Love it. Okay, do I have time for something? Last week on this very show, uh, we were previewing behind the mic, and we said we had, we had a mystery guest, but I didn't want to say it, didn't really know. It was Steve Young, and it turned out really well. Yes, so it Steve, did. Steve came on last week. Thank you, Steve. More of your tweets coming up after this. Plus, quarterback Max Hall beat Utah twice. Does he believe in curses? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, on demand, anytime, anywhere. You know the drill. Tune in to Countdown to kick off this Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. We'll get you ready for the rivalry game. Refreshing today's BYU-SN headlines begins with Rivalry Week and why this game is bigger than the rivalry for the status and success of BYU football moving forward. Hoping to end the six-game losing streak. Also running back Riley Burt has been moved to the defensive side of the football. The sophomore will not play running back anymore, rather defensive back. And who knows if he stays there? Possibility of moving uh, all around the defense. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline during Rivalry Week is the great Max Hall, BYU quarterback, former NFL player. Max, welcome back to the show. I hate Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Right out of the gate. What's going on, guys? I love it so much, Max. (laughs) I love it. You have just set the tone, my friend. Uh, how many more phone calls? How many more phone calls do you get during rivalry week compared to a normal week in your life? Yeah, all of a sudden, all the radio and TV guys want to talk to me again. So this week, I actually get to uh, do some shows. It's fun. All right, Max. There is this thought out there that since BYU beat Utah in two thousand and nine, a game that you're quite familiar with, and then afterwards had some 
uh, famous comments to say, got a preview just a minute ago, <laughs> that the Cougars have been cursed since then. How much do you buy into that? Well, honestly, I, I don't. I, I just think that BYU, I just think BYU has, hasn't shown up to play in those games. And bottom line is Utah has finished those games better than us, and they've been the better team. So I don't, I don't buy into this curse thing. I'm sorry. Nor you don't have to say sorry, Max. Listen, you beat Utah two out of the three times. Because you know what that feels like and have done it, what's your message to the BYU football team this week? Well, I think, I, I think this is a big week for them because it's not just uh, the Utah game. I really do think that this game is going to define the rest of the season for BYU. And they, they got to pick it up. You know, you have to give credit to LSU. That was a good football team and a really, really good defense. Um, but, come on, you can't have – you can't do what they did rushing the ball. They couldn't even run the ball. Um, they were less than 50% completion percentage. And they have to figure out on offense and get it together. Because if they don't, it's going to be a really long season. So I, I put some of it on the players. Those guys got to compete. I got to see more passion out of those guys. And uh, they got to show up to play. You know, the coaching staff's got to figure it out. They got to uh, do some different things offensively. I'd like to see them throw more screens, do stuff more on the edges, get the ball out of Tanner's hands a little bit. But this is a big week. And, and I would just tell them that they need to come in with a mindset um, and an attitude that they're going to win that game, but also be able to control their emotions without all the penalties that they could p- potentially get. Max, during your playing career, was there ever a stretch where things just weren't working offensively? And, and, and if so, how did you work through that to get back on track? Um, I wouldn't say a stretch. We definitely had games where we struggled offensively. And, um, you know, sometimes I think coordinators, uh, they get really conservative when, you know, you have a turnover or things aren't working. And uh, you just kind of get stagnant. And, you know, for sure, BYU had one of those games offensively. So uh, this week of practice is big. It's, it's how they come out. It's the mindset they have. Um, are they going to be aggressive? Uh, they need to take a few more chances. But bottom line, they have to be better on first and second down. You can't have third and long all game and expect to uh, convert that. So they have to figure out how to run the football and get themselves in better situations on third down. Max Hall with us, former BYU quarterback, won two games against the University of Utah in his career wearing the stretch Y. During the season, Max, especially during weeks like this or coming off a bad game, how aware are you of the noise from fans and critics? Well, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in that. And um, you can be very aware of it if you want to be. Um, I remember my sophomore year, um, at BYU, we lost to UCLA, and I read into all the articles and comments and was listening to everything and wanted to lock myself in a room and not come out. So the best thing that any of those guys do, especially Tanner right now, is to turn off social media, don't listen to anybody, only care about what your coaches and what your teammates are saying and figure out what you have to do as the leader of that football team to get better. The coaches have talked about the fact that they've noticed that with it being Utah Week, it's actually helped refocus after what happened last week. Do you think it's a, a positive thing that this is the week this game is happening after what took place last week? I think it can be. 
I think uh, when you take a loss like that and you take a punch to the gut, um, you realize real quick that you're not as good as you think you are and uh, hopefully come out this week of practice with, like I said, a different mindset. So it might be a good thing. I think BYU is going to be hungry. They're going to be eager to get back on the field. Um, they're going to be excited to play in this game. And I hope we, hopefully we see a completely different BYU team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, against Utah on Saturday. BYU's winningest quarterback of all time, Max Hall, 32 wins to just seven losses. Let's say you're in a room one-on-one with Tanner Mangum this week. What are you saying to him, Max? Um, uh, first thing I would say to him is uh, learn from all your mistakes and then put it behind you. You know, the last two games are done and over with. Look forward to look forward to this game in Utah. I would spend as much time uh, with him, just sitting him down, just making sure he knows the game plan. He's on the same page with his guys, and that he's confident in his reads and in his throws. Because one, one thing that I kind of noticed in that game is he just never looked comfortable. Uh, he looked hesitant, and even when he threw the ball, I don't think he was confident in his throws. So. He needs to learn how to be confident. He needs to practice that and practice and get on the same page and not worry about anything else than just going out and executing and playing a good football game. Don't pay attention to any of the outside distractions. How important will it be, with everything going on in this game, to control emotions? How how much of a factor will that be in determining the winner, especially early on in the game? I mean, it's always a factor in the, in the Utah game. Emotions are going to be high. And, you know, we always kind of say that the team that can control that the best and not get dumb penalties and uh, get outside of them, like be an individual, get outside of what the team's trying to do, um, just do your job, play with that emotion and play with that aggression, but don't let it, don't make it bigger than what it needs to be. Execution is going to be more important um, than the emotion. Max, is one week a long enough time for BYU to figure some things out and get a win on Saturday? Well, it, it, it has to be, to be honest with you. They have to figure it out. Like I said, this is a defining game, not just the Utah game, but it's for the rest of their season. And, you know, everybody's kind of talking about the identity of the team right now, which I agree, offensively, there's not really much of an identity going on. So figuring out what that is and then um, sticking to it, sticking to that game plan and then executing it. So um, hopefully it is enough time. It has to be. Max, somehow, someway, we need to get you to be one of the honorary flag bearers running the flag out every BYU-Utah game. So I'll, I'll talk to Coach Satake about that. Well, well, yeah, let him know. See if we can get me up there. Ask him, ask him if I have any eligibility left, too, while you're at it, okay? <laughs> you got it, man. Max, thanks for the time. Best luck to you at uh, American Leadership Academy moving forward. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks, guys. It's always fun to be on. Have a good one. All right, you got it, man. Thanks, Max. Cougar Whip Around still on the way, plus our elite tweet of the day is a doozy. Plus, more of your emotional hot takes. What is the number one reason BYU needs to beat Utah this week? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play 
Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Speaking of rebroadcast, don't miss the re-airing of After Further Review immediately following BYU Sports Nation today. Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian recap LSU. Also look ahead to Saturday's matchup against Utah. You can check it out top of the hour, 1 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. I stand corrected. On our stat of the day, Jason Shepard. What? At JLS9 tweets in, October 2012, BYU lost to number 5 Notre Dame, followed that with what I believe was one of the most impressive wins they've had in Independence at Georgia Tech. 41-17. Completely changes the dynamic. Now do you not thank you at JLS9 for calling it out. An oversight in our stat of the day. BYU does have a win against a Power 5 team coming off of a loss. You mean it currently has just one win. That would be different after Saturday. (laughs) Maybe multiple (laughs) wins. We we shall see. Uh, What's the most important reason BYU needs to win this week against Utah? I know that most of you are like, that's easy (laughs) to break the losing streak. But think bigger than that. Think Bigger than that, let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Jelly Belly Kelly. Team confidence and morale. There you go. It's a chance for the BYU team to show that they can pick themselves up after that loss and win an important game. Greg Rebell called it bounce back ability. Yeah. Hey, Max talked about it. It's He put so much emphasis on winning this, just like what we've talked about. That this is a game that BYU has to win to set the tone for the rest of the year, without question. At Doc underscore JMO, because we need material for another sweet Lego video. <laughs> Back to Harleen. <laughs> yeah, paging at Gold Yeller right now to be on standby for this BYU-Utah game for any epic moments. Uh, by the way, he, he has given his prediction at Gold Yeller, the Lego video guy. Is that, is that out there? He's got a thing going, a Lego karma, like, he does videos, and it works for the fan bases that that uh, he does them for. Really? So he's like, look, it's it's in a higher power now. It's in Lego power. <laughs> so when you combined the Lego video power with the BYU Sports Nation karma, is that can that be beat? Well, according to Goldiller, no. Like he's like, it, look, you trust me. You watch BYU is going to beat Utah on Saturday, and then and then we will have a conversation after. And I will say, I told you so. <laughs> you know what? I, I look forward to congratulating him. <laughs> <laughs> At Kolob RDM, to help fans psyche with the LSU loss, get confidence in the offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And seven is God's number and cannot be tainted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Not seven in a row. <laughs> Not seven in a row. <laughs> also, the Twitter handle is at ColobRDM. Yeah, probably should have <laughs> saw that one coming. <laughs> uh, at, uh, at, I don't know if it's David or David D33, my 10-year-old son was two the last time they won. He doesn't remember. He deserves to see a victory. That's a reality for a lot of yes. BYU families. Yes. Their children don't know what a BYU victory feels like two, over Utah. Two of my four children have not witnessed a BYU victory in football over Utah. Which is just so crazy because in our lifetimes, Jason, 
That's it's always very sucked. much the opposite. Yeah, it's, that's we saw mostly BYU wins. It was one sided in favor of BYU the majority of the time. Since then, obviously, the script has flipped. At <laughs> I don't see a Twitter handle, but I do see this tweet coming in. So Johnny Rugby doesn't feel compelled to bolt on another hashtag fourth and some more. <laughs> And to keep Jerem from proclaiming another moral victory, that Twitter handle is at T2HateYouAll. Well, at least it's a positive Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> so much animosity right now. Oh, man. <laughs> so much frustration. I love, though, and to keep Jerem from proclaiming another moral victory. <laughs> moral victory. Good grief. At AFPTKeith. Because I'm sick and tired of losing to them. <laughs> yes. Look, no matter how much we try and steer this at it being a bigger picture, it's always going to come back to just please beat them. For, for the sanity of certain fans, this, they just need this. Now, here's this thing. At Fat Pratt 15. So I can stop eating crow after all the trash talking I do during Rivalry Week. Just don't. <laughs> Wait a minute, Fat Pratt? Is this Chris Pratt prior to Guardians of the Galaxy? No idea. Just don't, just don't, just don't talk it. <laughs> just let BYU win the game and then talk it. How about this one? At, uh, let's see, N-A-T-L, uh, well, yeah, there's just way too many. <laughs> it's being typed, and it's just being way, way too many. To keep the rivalry relevant. Okay, that's interesting. There is some real ideology to that, right? Because... When BYU won nine in a row, the 80s, it's, I mean, it was always a rival, but it's just kind of like, eh, BYU is going to beat them. It just makes it more fun. It needs to be competitive. And and the games have been competitive. It is competitive, but the results need to show that. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Coming up next, the elite tweet of the day and a new rivalry reek, Rise and Shout. A lot of you are asking about running back Riley Burt. But if you've been paying attention to the show, he's not a running back anymore. So what does it mean? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell and Max Hall, part of Rivalry Week. Both great guests. If you have missed any of today's show, (laughs) do yourselves a huge favor and download the podcast just to hear how Max Hall started the interview alone is worthy of a download. Just the introduction. It was great. It was absolutely great. Coming up later this week, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham plus a two-on-one with receiver Micah Simon. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. In case you haven't heard, BYU football faces rival Utah this Where weekend. Where have you been? Exactly. Hoping to end a six-game losing streak, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. It will get underway at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. ESPN2, y'all. Don't forget countdown to kickoff as well. Roughly an hour before that. Running back Riley Burt has been moved to the defensive side of the football for BYU. Huh? The sophomore will now play defensive back. And defense coordinator Lysa Tuiaki says Burt is a better fit on his side of coordinating things. Cougars in the NFL. The NFL season kicks off in a big way for BYU fans tomorrow as Andy Reid and Daniel Sorensen's Kansas City Chiefs head to Foxborough to face Kyle Vannoy, Harvey Longy, and the New England Patriots. Volleyball. Set your fantasy football rosters. 
BYU women's volleyball currently ranked 10th in the country in Hawaii, preparing for the Outrigger Resorts Volleyball Challenge. They are unbeaten, 6-0. They played three matches, the first of which goes down tomorrow at 1 Eastern. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Not just the Cougars for the Chiefs and the Cougars for the Patriots, Jason, but today's Rise and Shout goes to all of the Cougars in the NFL, whether on 53-man rosters or on practice squads. Ah, the NFL is here. Cannot wait. And the trend is good for BYU. How many Cougars do you have on your fantasy football team? Mm. Well, I have... The Patriots defense. Okay, all right. So two. So does that? I mean, does that count? Sure. Uh, I decided to actually draft Jamal Williams, so I think I win that one. Yeah, I wanted to draft Jamal Williams. Sixteenth round, I got Jamal. But guess what? Go figure. That in a league with other BYU fans, he might not be available. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, he was a very high draft pick <laughs> in said league. <laughs> anyway. Uh, good luck to all of the Cougars yes. in the NFL as they begin. It's going to be fun. You're going to see four BYU connections in that Chiefs-Patriots showdown on Thursday And it's night. the marquee game. It is the only one that night. Love it. The season is here. What's the number one reason BYU football needs to beat Utah this season? That is our Twitter question. Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. And why not just go right to our elite tweet of the day? At Kip Kent, beat your rival, go to 2-1, and one and gain momentum, or lose to your rival again, go to 1-2, and two and feel dejected. This game is critical. I think he pretty much covered it. Oh. Big, big game for more than just rivalry reasons. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand. BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. If you missed Max Hall and Greg Rebell, how dare you? But good good news, you can listen anytime you want. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Sean Covey. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern.